You don't know what you're talking about. This is what I mean. People just cannot communicate anymore. This country is falling apart and Americans are attacking each other. You guys make shit up about Trump. This is what pisses me off when it comes to the Trump cult. No matter what the truth is, if it has anything, I mean anything that has to do with negative about Trump. The Trump crazy cult members refuse to believe What are you talking about? You bleeding heart liberals have nothing better to do than sit there and constantly make shit up about Trump. You've tried over and over again to try to bring the great Trump down and it has never worked. You don't know what you're talking about. Lie, lie, it doesn't work. You're an idiot. You always claim that you are from the middle. Yet, you are constantly bashing on Trump. You're just a bleeding heart liberal like the rest of them. Who do you think you're fooling? Why are they always so angry? Screaming and yelling and acting like idiots? It's hilarious. That's funny. They're all the same. They scream and yell then hang up. That's all they know how to do. I'll never believe that. Go Trump! You're listening to Stuck in the Middle Radio Show with Alan Edwards. That was just one minute of what's happening in the United States. That is a good example of what is happening in this country right now. That was our feedback line, 323-776-9966. People call in that and just let us know what's going on, how they feel. And it's just a perfect example of how we are in the United States. At a boiling point, we are divided. The divided states of America. And I don't know if it's going to get any better. Because who would have thought that after 2020 and after all we've gone through since 2016, that Donald Trump is the leading contender in the Republican Party? Who would have thought that? I am just in shock and awe because I just don't believe it. So what are we going to do about it? Well, there is a real silent majority in this country, centrists, moderates, independents, and I think these people are going to speak because a lot of people, including like the millennials and Gen Z, they are tired of this back and forth. The finger pointing, the he said this, she said that thing, we're over it. And I think we're going to have a big impact on who's going to be president. And one thing I do know for sure that's kind of reassuring, as most independents and moderates and centrists do not want Donald Trump to be president again, because he's not going in there for the country. He's not going in there for the good of Americans. He's not going over there to move forward and taking care of business. He is going in there for one word and one word only, and that's revenge. Donald Trump only looks after Donald Trump, and that's it. He's going to say a lot of things out on the campaign trail, and people are going to absorb it, but he is out there specifically for himself. He's got a lot of legal problems. I don't think he'll ever do a day in jail. We can't expect that, but he's going to be paying some money, and there's going to be some uh, reprimand for what he has done, and you know, let the courts decide that. But He doesn't want to be president again. As a matter of fact, there was a lot of insiders that said through his presidential term in the White House, he absolutely hated it. He hated being caged in the White House. He didn't like it there. He always wanted to do things, and they said no because he's president. He didn't like the work. 
But he did like going out in his hate rallies and having people swarm around him and chant his name and wear his merchandise. He loved that part. But the work part, he absolutely hated. But Donald Trump in another four years is going to be a total disaster for this country. But either way, we're in for some rocky weather. We're in some for some heavy waves coming up because... We've already learned that Donald Trump does not take a a loss very well. And even if the numbers are completely on the side of a Democrat or another Republican, he's going to refuse to believe it, and then he's going to start stirring the pot again. He's going to start saying corruption, and he's going to do it tenfold this time. Because just what the polls are showing right now, he's going to use that as evidence, saying look, I was ahead by 40 points and now I'm not the candidate or I'm not president. So this means corruption. That's what's going to happen, I guarantee you. But I don't want to get into the Donnie Bash thing because we have a lot more to talk about, including the circus show at the Republican Party. Holy macro. The Republican Party is in a civil war right now. And they refuse to let this be exposed to the public. And no matter how much of a circus and and just a sideshow they have become, they've definitely gone rogue. That's for damn sure. And they're still pretending that it's business as usual. As a matter of fact, that whole circus show that happened last week, they said, this is great for the company. It shows that we're passionate about what we do. Really? I wouldn't say passionate is a word. I would maybe say psychotic, rogue, um, out of control. But they basically are just trying to send a narrative that everything's fine. We're all right. There's no problem with this party. And when this thing happened with Matt Gates, <laughs> yeah, boy, Matt Gates, boy, what a wonderful individual he is. Mr. I need some attention. I need my bottle. But when this happened with the ousting of McCarthy, this really was an example that revealed what's actually going on in the uh, Republican Party. It's not going to get any better because whoever becomes Speaker of the House is going to still have to deal with the same handful of individuals that want things done the way they want it done. And if not, they have the power. I mean, I don't even think Matt Gaetz thought the that this was going to happen to Kevin McCarthy. I think, uh, one, he was doing it to raise money, and uh, two, he was doing it to feed his own ego and to get attention. But uh, it happened. Kevin McCarthy is gone, and the Republican House just turned into a disaster area, and they took a vacation for a week. But it shows the condition that this party is in. But what I love about this all, and this is one good thing about the Republican Party, is they know how to set a narrative. They know how to get together, even though, you know, the dam broke in that party and things exploded and there's crap all over the wall. They will send a narrative out that we're all right, not our fault. Democrats' fault. I mean, look at January 6th. Some of the narratives they put out on that were just so absolutely ridiculous. They were visitors. They were sightseers. 
We didn't see anything going on there. Nothing to see here, ladies and gentlemen. And then they started blaming Democrats, and they were saying Democrat bland. <laughs> but the problem is, with this vulnerable base that they have, and with these radical right media companies, they're able to do that because these people that watch, they absorb it, and they believe it. Because if it came from Fox News, it's got to be true, ladies and gentlemen. So that's what they did. They thought, all right, we look like clowns again today, so what do we do? So they all get in a room and they set the narrative, and the narrative was, ladies and gentlemen, it was the Democrats' fault. Do you notice that? It was all over right-wing news. It was all over online, Fox News, Newsmax, and those other toilet trash radical right news organizations. So they... uh They set it to where it was the Democrats' fault. And the narrative was out. Listen to this. I think today was a political decision by the Democrats. Democrats just removed uh, the Republican speaker. Democrats basically turned on Republicans and ousted Kevin McCarthy. Every one of the Democrats voted against uh, McCarthy. You had eight, eight Uh, Republicans that came together yesterday with 208 Democrats. Uh, So effectively, this was a Democrat eviction of Speaker McCarthy. (laughs) They're good at that. I got to say, they're really, I don't know if they send a text out to each other or what they do, but they're really good at sending the narrative out. It's just unbelievable. And what gets me is that it's, it couldn't be further from the truth. We saw it with our own eyes. We heard it. We witnessed it day after day of what was going on. The the I got I could only call it a clown show because that's exactly what it what it was, and we 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 saw it unfold uh, by the hour. But when it goes out on a narrative like that, like on Fox News and the other things, that base only watches and hears that radical right news. So they don't know any other, and they only go to Truth Social, and they only go to places that that present the news what they want to hear. They don't want to know the truth. So now that whole base thinks, yeah, it was the Dems' fault. But then you even look a few hours later, you know, these guys are talking about punching each other out. Look at this. Do you agree with... uh Congressman McHenry's decision, he's the, the temporary speaker, the speaker pro tem, to put a pause on the week to let tensions uh, settle? Uh, Jake, I'll be really candid. I think if we had stayed together uh, in the meeting last night, I, I think that you would have seen fists thrown. And I'm not being dramatic when I say that. There is a lot of raw emotions right now. I think it was best to let folks go back home, decompress a little bit, and then come back together. <laughs> Don't you just love it? Democrats' fault, though. You know, and the personal insults that these guys put out, you know, attacking each other personally. You got to think about this guy. Um, this is a guy that didn't have, that the media didn't give a time of day to after he was accused of sleeping with an underage girl. And there's a reason why no one in the conference came and defended him, because we had all seen the videos he was showing on the House floor that all of us had walked away of the girls that he had slept with. He'd brag about how he would uh, crush ED medicine and, and, and chase it with... Um, with an energy drink so he could go all night. So is that the Democrats' fault? Yeah, right. Thanks a lot, Republicans. But 
this was conspired it was it was put together by Matt Gates and he had a personal problem with uh, McCarthy for a long time he um, him and McCarthy just didn't get along and it started from you know when McCarthy became House Speaker you know it took 15 times for him to to get it and that was because because of good old Matt Gates but I think even before then they had a lot of issues but the, uh, Matt Gates was claiming on ABC News, I, th- I forgot it was one of the talk shows, that this was not a personal issue. And it was because from what I understand, people were saying that Matt Gates was promising McCarthy that he is going to oust him from speakership. And it's just been an ongoing thing. As a matter of fact, from what I understand, speaking about a, a they had a personal problem. They were at like uh, there were some meetings going on at Camp David or something, and McCarthy had a cabin, and he invited some people over uh, at night, and they were kind of having drinks and stuff, and just kind of hanging out and relaxing. The only person that was not invited was Matt Gates, and Matt Gates knew he was the only person not invited. So what does Matt Gates do? He shows up, anyways. So Matt Gates pounds on the door. McCarthy opens up the door and says, "What are you doing here?" And you know Matt Gates comes up with a story. Is uh, what's her name here? Who? And then he came up with the name. I don't know who it was. And McCarthy said, "No, she's not here." Or yeah, she is here. But uh, what do you want? He goes, "Well, I'd like to talk to her." He goes, "Matt, go away." And he slammed the door. But it's just like little personal. <laughs> personal stories like that to just show they've had an issue with each other for quite a while. So Matt was trying to set the narrative on this ABC talk show that this was not a personal thing. So I know you say this is not personal with Kevin McCarthy, but it sure sounds personal. You, I'm you're, you're talking you, about substantive okay, but, de-dollarization. But, 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 but let me ask you about the relationship. Well, when was the last time you talked to him one-on-one? I mean, have you had a well, matter of fact, just a couple weeks ago, Kevin McCarthy appointed me to the National Defense Conference Committee on the NDAA, and we spoke about some of our aligned defense priorities. So this isn't personal. Some people make policy disagreements personal because their own policy failures are so personally embarrassing to them. I hold no personal animus to any uh, with any of my Republican colleagues. By the way, including my Republican colleague you're about to have on next, who's had some pretty terse words for me. But at the end of the day, this is about spending. This is about the deal Kevin made in January. I do resent the fact that Kevin is like owned by lobbyists and special interests. That sounds that's, personal. By no, the way. it's not. It's not personal. It's that's substantive. an attack on the guy's integrity. Well, it, it it is an attack on the system that he has used to obtain the speakership. I am fighting for a different system, right. one based on spending guardrails, agreements on process. Kevin promised us 72 hours to read the bill. We didn't have it. He promised us $100 million wouldn't go onto the suspension agenda without the opportunity for amendments. Broke that deal too, and he promised us we'd return to pre-COVID spending levels. There is almost no promise right. he hasn't violated. So the whole reason behind this um, ousting of McCarthy brought on by brought to you by Matt Gates good at scaring people off Matt Gates also he is a person that constantly needs attention and he's also a fundraising because that's the whole thing with a lot of these uh, politicians is fundraising making money 
by causing chaos is a good way. I mean, if you cause chaos and get attention for yourself, that particular time, whatever you do, immediately you send out a text and say, look what I did for you, my followers, please send me money. Or you send emails out. It always happens right after you do something like that. Marjorie Taylor Greene is an expert at that. That's why she's one of the biggest, if not the biggest, fundraisers of the political party. She's out there always causing chaos, acting like an idiot. So she's uh, always out there um, acting like a moron. And then when she does these things like pounding on Pelosi's door, whoever she was a, a while back, immediately she goes, look what I did. Here's some video. I'm I'm supporting you. Send me money. But anyways, this is their tactics. It's really ridiculous. This is what we pay our politicians for with tax dollars. It's not like they get enough, but they ought to, they have to earn more. So this is what Matt Gates did. He did the, he always he's an attention uh, junkie. He always wants to be on TV. He wants to be out there uh, constantly doing interviews. So that was one of the main reasons. But this one was also specifically to raise money. And there's proof of it. He denies it. But what's funny is a member of his own party called him on it. I keep wondering, what is going on? Are we redefining what conservative is? What's going on in this country today? What's going on in this body? And all of a sudden, my phone keeps sending text messages. Text messages saying, hey, give me money. Oh, look at that. Oh, look, give me money. I filed the motion to vacate. Using official actions, official actions to raise money. It's disgusting. It's what's disgusting about Washington. <laughs> Busted, Matt. Can you imagine? You know, I'm not shocked. I'm not surprised. This is the way it works in politics. Politics is so sleazy. We get these people in office, and then once they're in there, their main goal is to save their own ass every election day, and they're going to do whatever it takes to make sure that they stay in office. So they're constantly going to be raising, raising money for themselves, and they're going to be constantly doing ridiculous things like what Matt Gage just did. <clears throat> but... As far as the Democrats are concerned, it uh, looks pretty good for them because, one, it's showing the reality of the Republican Party, and uh, two, it is revealing what needs to be done for 2024. When you have chaos in Congress, and you have Congress shut down once again because one party can't get its act together... In one of the most important times in history, when now Israel being attacked on the Gaza Strip, really all over, and they're going to need the support of the United States and decisions need to be made. And now Congress does not have a Speaker of the House for decisions to be made. It's a huge embarrassment for the Republican Party. And I feel sad for that. Now, I don't want to be just bashing on the Republican Party because the Democrats have their own problems, too. And one of them was Menendez from New Jersey. Holy mackerel. Did you, I'm sure you, everybody heard that story. Democrat. Corrupt. 
And people say, you know, Democrats, they're pretty good. You know, come on. Politics, politicians. He had $500,000 stashed in his house, in walls, in jackets, gold bars. And people said, what the hell? What are you doing with that? Where did you get it? Why? And he's saying, I'm, I'm, it's, 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 I forgot what he said, something about, um, it's for a backup or it's just in case, <laughs> in case of emergencies, in case of, yeah, I need $500,000 stuffed in my jacket for emergency. What kind of emergency are you going to have? You need a Gucci purse and uh, your, your wife is just ranting and pulling a little fit. Gold bars. Oh, it's disgusting. One, the only good thing about this is the own party, Democrats, are calling for his resignation. So, I mean, it's kind of saving face, but the bottom line is both parties have major problems. They are, something has got to be done because it's either this or that. You have the extreme left, you have the extreme right. Right now in this country, there is no middle. There is no middle ground. There is no bipartisan. There is no working together. It's either you're with us or without us. And if you're without us, you are the enemy. Why? Why? How did we get to this point? I'm going to do a complete uh, radio show, which will later be a podcast, on that topic because I have an answer of why people are like that. It's very simple. And it's been years in the making, but it's been conditioning people to be like this. It's almost like a sporting game. You know, you wear the colors. And of course, Donald Trump has taken that to a whole new level because any kind of shirt or hat or anything that he can sell to make money for his legal fees, he will do. But the whole reason why people have become so tribal and so raging and angry at each other, I'm going to do a complete radio show with that. And a little hint is it's slanted media. And I'm going to provide a lot of proof of what is going on, why it's being done, and the billions of dollars that are being made by keeping Americans separated. So we're going to be talking about that very soon. But uh, it's it's become so out of control in this country that we are eating ourselves from the inside out. And a lot of the people that actually hate our country and hate Americans and country, countries that would just like to attack us if they could, they're sitting there eating popcorn kicking back on the couch with their arms folded and just laughing and enjoying every second of how we are attacking ourselves. It really is sad, pathetic, and it's embarrassing how we've gotten to this point, how we have become enraged at each other because you are now a part of a different tribe. It's really, as far as I'm concerned, it's ignorant it's it's sad and it's frustrating how we've gotten to this point at this we are supposed to be advanced as a species but we are moving backwards 
We are trying to move even further backwards. Each and every day, things are happening. Thank you, Donald Trump and the right-wing Republicans. And believe me, I'm not a fan at this point of a lot of the things that the radical left is doing. And I disagree with a lot of things that radical left is doing. But the Republican Party at this point has gone rogue. They are out of control. And we have to get past this point first. And being past this point first means that we got to get past Donald Trump. He is a dangerous person. He is a person that should not be running this country, period. And for the life of me, I will never understand why people are following him. I don't get it. The only thing that I get, and it's it's being pushed and it's being embedded through slanted media. This media is constantly telling these people how amazing, how great, and how superior Donald Trump is. And these people are feeding it. A lot of the seniors, they sit at home, you know, the retired seniors, they sit at home watching Fox News all day. They absorb Newsmax all day long, just just taking it in on how great Donald Trump is. And this is what's feeding these people And this is what's allowing Donald Trump to get the power and energy that he has right now. But what I don't understand and what's very confusing to me is there are a lot of people that are kind of like in the middle that aren't extreme right, that just seem like everyday hardworking people, you know, some some seniors and some people that have just somehow got enthralled and locked into this Donald Trump thing. And they support him. And no matter what he does, what he says, how many times he rips people off, how corrupt he is, the way he treats women, on and on and on, they somehow believe, yeah, this guy's pretty good. But one of the things that fuels them is, uh, he's all right. I am not a big fan of his, but I'll vote for anybody other than the nasty liberals. That's, that's their answer. But I saw an interview on CNN with Hillary Clinton, and she did a great job explaining and answering kind of like the open question, why do people follow Donald Trump? And so when you see another matchup between potentially Trump and President Biden, what goes through your mind? And particularly, how do you process that this person who defeated you back in 2016 is still at it, given all that you've said, 91 indictments, you know, civil fraud, sexual transgressions, according to the courts? How, how is this still happening? It's the classic tale of uh, an authoritarian uh, populist uh, who really has a grip on the emotional, psychological uh, needs and desires of a portion of the uh, population. And the base of the Republican Party, for whatever combination of reasons, and it is emotional and psychological, um, sees in him someone who speaks for them. And they are determined that they will continue to vote for him, attend his rallies, wear his merchandise, because for whatever reason, 
he and his you know, very negative, uh, nasty form of politics resonates with them. Maybe they don't like migrants. Maybe they don't like gay people or black people or the woman who got the promotion at work they didn't get. Whatever the reason, you know, Make America Great Again was a bid uh, for nostalgia to return to a place where, you know, people could be in charge of their lives, feel empowered, say what they want, insult whoever came in their way. And that was really attractive to um, a significant portion of the Republican base. Uh, so it is like a cult. And somebody has to break the uh, you know, <laughs> break that momentum. And that's why I believe Joe Biden will defeat him. And hopefully then that will be the end and the fever will break. And then uh, Republicans can try to get back to, you know, fighting about issues among themselves and electing people who are at least you know, responsible and accountable. All right. So we have a lot. This is, we have a lot of other shows coming up. I look forward to a lot of talk it, to, topics. The election, oh, this is going to be just a lot to be talking about for the next year. A lot of dramatic things, the stuff that's happening in Israel, uh, Ukraine, uh, the economy. There's so much right now going on. It just makes your head spin. It's like a different universe right now. But we're going to constantly talk about it. Now, the things that I talk about, you have an opportunity to give me your feedback. And you can call our feedback line and get on the air, just like a lot of those loonies did at the, at the beginning of the show. It's 323-776-9966. You can call that. Keep it civil. No hate. No threats and uh, no profanity and just let me know one how you felt about the topics we talked about and uh, two if you have any suggestions or topics that you would like to talk about and we'll try to cover it in the next show so and now until next time i'm ellen edwards stuck in the middle radio show the chair declares the house in recess subject to the call of the chair